Hello and welcome to another episode of the County Cricket Podcast in association with our friends at Bear Crickets. I'm your host, Aaron, aka the Cricket Connoisseur, and joining me on my left for today's special episode of TCCP is none other than Surrey and former England under-19 left-arm finger spinner Yusuf Majid. So Yusuf, first things first, mate, thank you very much for joining me here on the podcast today. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome you on for a chat about all things county cricket. I've got to ask, mate, how's your day been so far? Yeah, day's been great. Um, bit cold, obviously, as you can imagine. Uh, had training in the morning. That went well. Just got back and now pleasure to be here with you. Oh, that sounds like a lovely day, mate. Obviously getting even better now with this appearance on the County Cricket Podcast, <laughs> chatting some, some cricket and the wonderful art of spin bowling. But in terms of the training and obviously working your way back into that kind of groove and rhythm ahead of the new season, I think it's only about 86 or 87 days away now. How have you found the off-season so far? Yeah, it's been quite good, to be honest. Uh, well, personally, at Surrey, we don't have that many players in the country. A lot of players are away in either in Australia or franchise leagues. So it gives you that extra opportunity to work closer with the coaches, spend more time with them. Uh, so, yeah, I found it really helpful. Uh, it was pretty relaxed. Just do what you need. Don't overdo it. Train what you think that's needed. And now, uh, New Year. We'll up the intensity a little bit, get ready for the season, as you said, and not long to go, just over two months. I know, it's come by really quickly, hasn't it, to be honest? It feels like it was only last week. It was the end of September, the season had just finished, and we're all counting down until the start of the summer of 2024, and all of a sudden, yeah, less than 100 days away. It's it's a very strange time of year, I think, to be honest, because obviously for you guys in the circuit you're not at the absolute utmost intensity, but you're just starting to work your way back into things and obviously get back into training, get back to fitness testing. And yeah, it's an exciting time as well. I must say, it's always nice, isn't it, to have that countdown and something to look forward to. And you mentioned there, Yusuf, about Surrey, actually, because it's a great point. So many Surrey cricketers are overseas at the moment. Obviously, England are just about to play India, so we've got some of the Surrey players in that test squad as well. And Numerous players overseas playing in the Big Bash, for example, and what will be the IL-20 and the SA-20. In terms of the players who are currently in England, who's actually down at the Oval at the moment? So, I think there's six, seven of us. We've got uh, Burnsy, Sibley, Ryan Patel, myself, Nathan Barnwell, James Taylor, uh, and Matt Dunn. That's a small group, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's not six, seven of us, that's about it. Goodness me. Well, hopefully, fingers crossed, the, the boys from the franchise leagues will be back in due course. And yeah, it won't be so small in terms of the, the numbers turning up in training. But yes, yeah, it's been quite a good winter, to be honest, I must say, in terms of these particular leagues and tournaments. And fingers crossed, England can make it even better with a win over in India. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be tremendously difficult. I don't think anybody... It's denying that, to be honest. India are a tremendous outfit at home. But, yeah, with Basball, who knows? Anything is possible. And, yes, I look forward to that series starting towards the end of this month. But, Yusuf, before we talk about international cricket and we get onto your journey at Surrey, I wanted to transport you all the way back to the origins of your cricketing story, if I may. So what are your first ever memories of cricket, either playing or watching this simply sensational game? 
So I started playing at the age of six, just like because my dad used to play just like on the weekends. We used to go down and watch him. And then with my siblings, I used to play just at the uh, club. And then ever since six, he's got me into the cricket club. And just to be honest, I just enjoyed it. I just that's the only sport I've really played since a young age, and I've just carried on playing it. And yeah, just kept building on it since a young age, and just kept growing on it. Well, I'm glad to hear that, to be honest, mate, because it is the best sport on the planet. So I know that's yeah. very biased coming from the host of the County Cricket Podcast and not like the Premier League Football Podcast or the Rugby Championship <laughs> Podcast, but it is a wonderful sport. And if I'm not mistaken, in terms of that local cricket club, was that Slough back in those yeah, days? Was, uh, yeah, Slough Cricket Club. I played all my Colts at Slough Cricket Club. And then... I had my first senior game at Slough Cricket Club as well when I was 14 or 15. So yeah, a lot of memories at Slough. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, it's a lovely way to to get into the game then, isn't it? Via your local cricket club and obviously that family influence as well. And if I'm not mistaken, is Slough not also the club of a certain Sheridan Gums? Yeah, Sheridan Gums. um, Sheridan Gums, I'm really close with him. He's, I've played with him since a very young age, trained with him. His dad used to coach me back in the day. Uh, so, yeah, me and him quite close. And we played our... Because before, sorry, we were at Berkshire together. So we spent majority of the time together, club cricket, Berkshire. And then we moved to Surrey as well. So even up until last year, we were, we've been playing cricket every single season in the same team. So, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's quite incredible, isn't it, to be honest? When you think how how your two lives have panned out, then in terms of that journey, you've you've shared an awful lot of it together. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I'd say more than yeah. Literally, since I started, he was playing with me. Even when I made my Royal London debut, he was part of the squad as well. He was uh, part of the same squad. So yeah, it's been good to be honest. I bet it has, and yeah, to be honest, Sheridan is a very very talented cricketer as well, highly respected and and touted down in the south as a result of his exploits for Slough and, and Surrey's second eleven and age group cricket. You know, he was yeah. dominating, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He scored, I think he had the, broke the record, I think, and for academy cricket, 200, he got 200 something, I can't remember the exact figure. But yeah, he did break a few records. He had a good season for the 18s, done quite well. But yeah, really good player. He certainly is, and if I'm not mistaken, I think it might have been Dom Sibley's record. I think it was for Surrey's age groups, but don't quote me on that. But yeah, Sheridan, a very, very fine cricketer indeed. And in terms of those early years at Slough, Yusuf, am I right in thinking that you didn't actually start off bowling spin? You started off as a seam bowler in those early days. Yeah, so I was a left-arm seam bowler, just like my dad. So my dad always wanted me to be a seam bowler. So I was... Seam bowler played up until uh, bowled seam to I think the age of 14 15 when I went to cranny school. I went for a trial there, and then the coach there, Stuart Welsh from Cranny, he said, Let me just see you bowl spin for one couple of balls. Just bowled a couple of deliveries of spin, and he was like, When you come to this school, I know what I'm going to be working on. So I didn't really think much of it at that time, but then the next following winter joined Cranley school and just started bowling spin 
And I think that same winter or that summer, sorry, got in touch. And then I joined up the, with the academy. And since then, I've just taken... Since then, I haven't looked back, to be honest. Yeah, that's that's pretty mad, to be honest, isn't it? The fact that for the vast majority of your cricketing journey in those early stages, you're bowling seam and then all of a sudden you go to Cranley as a result of that particular recommendation from Stuart Welch as well. And all of a sudden you're bowling spin. You're in the Surrey Academy and a few years later you're making your debut for one of the most successful clubs in all of world cricket. That is some journey, to be honest, Yusuf. And yeah, we'll touch upon that in a bit more detail in due course. But I think it would be amiss of us, to be honest, to just keep on referring to him as your dad because clearly he's had a massive impact on not just your cricket journey, Yusuf, but your entire life. So just for the case of the podcast and just to give him a bit of a shout out, what is the name of your dad, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, my dad's name is Abdul Majid. And to be honest, like, giving him a shout out now, without him, I wouldn't be where I am today. He's taken me up and down the country for games, training. And literally, it's so hard as a young kid if you don't have the backing of your parents. And I think, yeah, without him, I don't think there was no chance I'd be where I am today. So a big thing is if having the backing of your parents. And for me, I've had that backing from my parents, the rest of my family, my brothers, my cousins, everyone in the family. So I've found that quite helpful. Even in days where I haven't really performed, they're still there backing me. Days I've performed, we celebrate together. So yeah, family for me is a big thing because I feel like they can, they, they're there for me when I've succeeded and they're for me at my lows as well. And it is so important, isn't it, to be honest. Every single cricketer comes onto this podcast and they mention about that strong support network, whether that is family or family friends or even just your mates. It's so important in both the high moments and the low moments to have that support, to have that backing guns, yeah, to have people around you. So shout out to Abdul and the rest of the Majid family because as a result of that sacrifice, as a result of all of that effort, obviously Yusuf in your crickets, it's massively paid off. So honestly, they should be very proud and obviously yourself, mate, you should be very proud of your efforts at Surrey so far as well. And in terms of those formative years, you mentioned about your dad being a left-arm seam bowler, but aside from familial connections, did you have any icons, any idols, any influences in the wider professional game who, in those early years, you tried to emulate in some way, per se? Yeah, so when I was younger, I always wanted to bowl like Wasim Akram because I, uh, I used to swing the ball naturally in. So obviously not as fast, but um, I've always, I kept saying, oh, I'm going to be the next for Seam Akram, next for Seam Akram. And now knowing I don't even bowl Seam. But it's crazy how um, time moves on. But yeah. Well, fair enough. Look, I'm not going to disagree with that, to be honest. Wazi Makram, one of the absolute finest swing bowlers in the history of the game. Honestly, him, I mean, there's loads of, of Pakistani bowlers you can choose from. Imran Khan was an absolute master of swing bowling as well. And then obviously you got the likes of Wakar and the speed demon Sherbaktar. So yeah. <laughs> plenty of, of choices, to be honest. But Wazim Akram, what a bowler. And if you could have a net session with any cricketer from the history of this great game, Yusuf, would it be Wazim Akram or would you choose someone different if you had that opportunity, per se? That's a tough one. Um If I had a net session 
I'd probably choose uh, Virat Kohli now because uh, he's up there as one of the one one of the world's best batters. Uh, so bowling at him uh, would literally be like a dream come true. Like just learning off him, just seeing how he would play me. And but yeah, so having a net session with Virat would be pretty special. It certainly would be one of the absolute greatest cricketers on the planet right now. And yeah, one of my all-time favourites as well. I do have to say that as an RCB fan, a long-suffering Royal Challengers Bangalore fan since 2008, pretty much watched him go from being a number six with bowl medium pace to being the greatest batter on the entire planet. So yeah, that's a good shout to be honest, Yusuf. And I've got to ask, if you did face Virat Kohli, in terms of bowling plans, in terms of deliveries, how would you try and get him out? I would probably, it's just, I'd do what I naturally do, is just try to be as consistent and keep making him play. And hopefully he either makes a mistake, which he, often, which he doesn't often. But um, yeah, I'll just do what I do best and hopefully it works off. Well, that's all you can do, isn't it, to be honest? I mean, even the greatest bowlers on the planet struggle against Virat Kohli. He's an absolute titan of, yeah. of crickets, whether that's white ball or indeed test crickets. The man's a master. He really is. And yeah, I'd love to know someone who probably does have the, the answer to his wicket because <laughs> I imagine it's highly sought after. He's yes. an absolute just... He's an all-time great, is Virat Kohli. And yeah, I can definitely see why you would have a net session with someone so excellent at the game of cricket. But Yusuf, aside from that particular scenario then of, of a dream net session, let's get back on track to the conversation about your cricket journey. So from those early years at Slough Cricket Club, in terms of the next county stage that you kind of went through, you mentioned it beforehand, but you actually played in the Berkshire age groups. So in terms of that particular experience in your life, in terms of that time spent in the Berkshire setup. How useful was that in terms of putting you on the right step in your cricketing journey? Yeah, so I joined Berkshire from the age of nine. I played under 10s for two years and I just went up every year. And to be honest, that gave me that extra boost to now I'm playing county cricket. And for me at that time, it was a big thing because not many people from, like it used to be two people from Slough that got picked for Berkshire. So for me, it was a big thing at that time. And now looking back, you're like, it's crazy how like at that time I was thinking oh Berkshire's the thing like I'm right at the top but then you get older and then you're like there's so much more to the game and now you're like that was just literally the pedal stone the start and um but I thought Berkshire the coaches there everyone there was really helpful so good uh the five years six years I had there was really helpful and I thought it helped my game quite a lot so found it really really helpful well, I'm glad to hear that, mate, because a lot of players do credit national county sides like Berkshire, the likes of Oxfordshire, the likes of Devon, Dorset, all of those clubs. In terms of those early years, having that pathway, that set up to almost have your first kind of experience of a, a sort of professional environment is massive. And obviously the coaching and the facilities do play a massive role. And talking to somewhere which I'm guessing also has a tremendous role in terms of those early days in cricket. We've got to talk about your time at Cranley because the facilities there are absolutely unparalleled, aren't they? They're fantastic for a school. So 
in terms of that opportunity at Cranley itself, first and foremost, how did that actually materialise, per se? So that just literally came out of the balloon. Um, I was at Slough and Eaton, normal state school in Slough. And then my dad's good friend, uh, Uncle Bobby, he, he, his son was at Cranley School. He, was, he literally just phoned my dad one day and was like, what do you think of if I tried to get use of a little scholarship, cricket sports scholarship at Cranley? Uh, it would be good for my boy as well. It would help him settle in as well. So my dad had a chat with me. And I was like, I, I thought it sounded really good. So then we went down to Cranley, had a look at the school, went down for a net session, as told you, with Welshie. Uh, and then John left, started year nine in 2017 at Cranley. Was still at Berkshire at the time. And then when I moved into year 10, under 16s, I got uh, picked up for Surrey. So I then had a winter with them and then spent two years in the academy. So that was literally when I first started bowling spin. I literally never even bowled spin before that. So that was my second year of bowling spin. And then just towards like midway through season when I was 18, got a call to say I was going to make my debut. Uh, I was going to be part of the squad for the Royal London Cup. And I was literally... I didn't literally didn't know what to say. I was over the moon, and then played the whole competition. I think it was eight games. Did quite well, and then got rewarded with a contract, professional contract, straight after that. So everything's happened really quickly, to be honest. Over the last couple of years, it really has. That is quite a staggering rise, isn't it? To be honest, when you think about it, having started off at Slough, playing through the Berkshire setup, and Obviously, then getting that scholarship at Cranley and all of a sudden, Surrey Academy, Surrey Professional, playing in the Royal London One Day Cup. That is a staggering rise in such a short space of time, Yusuf. And in terms of Surrey as a club, first and foremost, what did you make of their facilities? Obviously, of the ground. The Oval is an iconic venue, isn't it? Let's face it, one of the most instantly recognisable grounds on the entire planet. Having played your club cricket at Slough and having come up through the Berkshire setup, what was it like all of a sudden to be catapulted into one of the most successful and, well, to be honest, prestigious clubs in in all of England and Wales? Literally, I couldn't, I didn't, I wouldn't want it any other way. To drive through the gates, the Alex Stewart Gate at Key Oval every morning is so good, and to literally walk through the gates to go to the change rooms walk around the outfield, to even play, even the facilities, the coaches. It's unbelievable. And I wouldn't, I literally wouldn't want it any, any other way. And the ground, as you said, best ground in the country, if not the uh, if not around the world. But so, yeah, to be at a club like Surrey, such a big club, successful club, to win the amount of championships they have, blast, etc. So, yeah, one of the biggest and best counties out there. So it's good to be part of the club. I bet it is. And yes, to be honest, it is one of the, the best clubs on the planet. 21 times outright winners of the county championship. Obviously had that shared one as well in 1950. But yeah, they are a titan, to be honest, of the county circuit. And yeah, the Oval's up there, to be honest. I wish I could sit here and say that it wasn't because I do have quite a few friends who are sorry fans and I I wish I could say, oh, it's not that good, but 
it is. It's a wonderful place to to watch crickets. Almost as good as Edgbaston. Not quite as good, but almost up there in terms of of cricketing fortresses. But Warwickshire bias aside, there, Yusuf. Sorry, just had to get that in there. To be honest, I know that the the Surrey fans listening in will probably be tutting away. But in terms of that first kind of of debut, then your pro debut for Surrey. How did that come about then? How did you go from playing in the academy and and representing them at the age group level to all of a sudden playing in the Premier 50 over comp? Yeah, it was. So I got, when I got the call from Chris Taylor, academy director, he was like, you're going to receive a call from Alex Stewart. So I was just thinking, like, what is this call going to be about? Got the call 10 minutes later, unknown number, picked up. He was just letting me know that I've been like signed up to be part of the squad for the um, competition so I didn't really think I'd play because he said squad so I thought maybe I might just make up the numbers just for an experience but then we had like the showcase game against uh, Buckinghamshire so I played that that went quite well and then we had two three days later first it was the first game of the cup against Leicestershire at Guildford uh, I was told I was playing. I was really, I was, I thought I would be nervous, but I was actually more excited than I was nervous. And um, I just went about it. I didn't really think, oh my God, I'm playing in front of a crowd. It's my professional debut. I just thought I'm just going to do what I do and hopefully it'll work, pay off because I've been put forward here for a reason. So I'm just going to back myself. And did quite well that game and then that set me up for the rest of the competition which was quite good for myself personally and yeah well yeah to be honest Yusuf it was quite the impressive debut absolutely fantastic one for 19 from seven overs and I'm guessing you know the answer to this next question but in terms of that maiden wicket in a Surrey shirt can you remember who you dismissed on that day yeah, captain of Leicestershire, Lewis Hill. Mm-hmm. It was might have been my third or fourth ball, my first over. It happened so quick. Like first, like when I first got the ball, I was just thinking, let's just have a good start. Don't worry about any wickets. Just build dots, pressure, and two balls later, I've got a wicket, and I just it just what I mean. Like my career has just moved on so quick that even that game, got getting my first wicket, two balls in. The feeling that was going through my mind, I couldn't believe it. My whole family was there to watch it as well, so it was really special. I imagine it was, and yes, ultimately the the result wasn't great, was it, for Surrey? It was a seven-wicket loss in the end as a result of a magnificent century from Nick Welch. That was a serious knock from the Leicestershire opener. But in terms of an individual display, one for 19 from seven overs, obviously the, the wicket of the Leicestershire captain is massive, but... 27 dot balls as well out of those 42 deliveries that is some start to life in a Surrey shirt and in terms of that day in terms of that occasion Yusuf would you say that is the the proudest moments that you've had in a brown cap shirt so far or has something surpassed that in the years that have have followed maybe no it would have had to be in my professional debut I don't think anything in a brown cup's beaten that till date Hopefully something will, but till date, I would say my professional debut, nothing's beaten that so far. 
fair enough. That's completely understandable, to be honest. It's one of the most special days of your entire career. And for a number of cricketers, it does forever remain the most special because you've made it. The dream has been realised after all of the hard work, after all of those blood, sweat, tears which have gone in to your journey. All of a sudden, it's like there's a reward at the end of it. All of that effort has paid off and yeah, you're living the dream, which not many players on this entire planet get to say. So I imagine it must have been tremendously special. And in terms of that first season in professional cricket, Yusuf, how do you reflect on that particular campaign from an individual perspective? Were you quite pleased with your performances? Did you maybe, I don't know, look to improve certain areas? What was your outlook and perspective on that maiden campaign for the Brown Caps? Pretty positive campaign for myself but I did take some learnings from it there was a couple of games towards the end of the campaign where I bowled to the likes of Pajara bowling at someone like that uh, bowled at Kruno Pandya as well well two of the greatest Indian batsmen out there to bowl at them I learned quite a lot so even though my campaign was quite successful for myself I still had something to learn that I could take on develop over the winter and then take on to the summer as well. So it was a um, learning curve at the same time as it being very good campaign for myself. Absolutely. And I think that's the, the right way to, to look about it, to be honest, because it, it's a very, very proud moment, isn't it, to be honest, your first season in county cricket. But it, it's like with anything in life, you can be proud but never satisfied. You always want to achieve that next milestone, that next achievement in this wonderful game and obviously improve in certain areas and become a better cricketer. It's human nature, to be honest. So I completely understand that perspective. And just to to touch upon a couple of games from that season, first and foremost, you alluded to it there, but that Warwickshire game was absolutely insane, wasn't it? At the Oval, that was one of the games of the season. In terms of that day, in terms of that game, I mean, can you describe it in terms of what happened? It was absolutely sensational, wasn't it? Yeah, so I think they went on to get 300, over 300. And we were down and out. We lost four or five wickets early. And then we had Nick Kimber come in, just played a phenomenal knock, just hit the ball all over the park. And then he lost his wicket. I was walking down, nervous as anything. Probably didn't look it on camera as anything. But I was bricking it inside. I was like, oh my God, Like there's so many people here. The game's actually got close here. And then you got Danny on the other end, hitting sixes, hitting Hannon Dolby for sixes, hitting Craig Miles for sixes. I was like, just to, I was just thinking, I need to get off strike. This was like probably my first proper bat. Because I don't think I, maybe I did, but it wasn't, didn't from maybe face one, two balls. But this was my first bat. So I was like, I just need to get him on strike here. He's seeing the ball like football. And then I was just getting singles, runs were kicking down. It got to the stage where we needed, I think, one of the final over. And, um, uh, yeah, they got a wicket. That game was literally crazy. Because we were just, I think, I can't remember exactly what we were, but we were five, six down. We were thought, yeah, this is done. Right? And then he plays a phenomenal, phenomenal knock. And then we're back in the game all of a sudden. And then I'm walking down, nine down. I was like, if I get out, lost the game here. And then I'm back to, at the end of the game when I was going home, I was like, at least it wasn't me that got out. Like, so I was, I was like, I've done my job. 
But yeah, that was a crazy game. Yeah, it was. To be honest, it's probably up there as... It might be the best one-day cup game that I've been to. To be honest, in terms of an actual contest. Although I say that, we, we tied against Yorkshire in 2019 at Edgebaston as well. That was a pretty crazy game. But that one at the Oval, as you mentioned, it was like a roller coaster, wasn't it? Yeah, Every yeah. single over... It was like the win percentage would go to either side. It was absolutely insane. And yeah, yeah ultimately ended in a tie as Liam Norwell, absolutely yeah. splattering the stumps of, of Matt Dunn. But goodness me, that was a great contest. And yeah, Nick Kimbran, Nico Reefer as well. He hit a couple of massive sixes oh, into yeah, the pavilion. Did, yeah. So yeah. yeah, great game of cricket. And I'm guessing Yusuf, a, a very enjoyable encounter by the yeah. sounds of it. It was, it was. Especially my first campaign. Like... I would never have thought I'd be in these game situations or like pressure moments like that that early on my in my career at the age of eighteen. But for me to have been there and even being at a done it as well, I was able to hold my nerve. So I think that was a positive thing as well. It certainly was, and again, it's a learning experience, isn't it? To be honest, at this point in your career, but. I'll tell you what, if you have a few more games like that, it's it's going to be a very entertaining career, won't it? I mean, some more matches like that in 2024 would not go amiss at all. And in terms of individual displays, just one of the match from that campaign, which I did want to touch upon, is actually the game against Gloucestershire, also at the Oval, because in that game, you took your career best figures to date, three for 74 from 10 overs. And I just wanted to ask you, Sif, again, in terms of that performance, is that up there in terms of personal highlights? Because in terms of the three wickets, three pretty big wickets in the form of Ben Charlesworth, Jack Taylor and Zafa Gohar, do you see that particular performance as being up there in terms of an individual display from your time in South London so far? Yeah, so that performance is probably up there. It was a bit of a challenging performance. Uh, personally, As I was on the back foot for majority of the, for quite a few Overs off my spell. Jack Taylor did get under me. I think he hit me for three sixes and one over. Spurned to the short end. But to come back, get the wicket off Jack Taylor and then Zafa Goha quite quickly after. And then the game got quite tight. As you said, three big, big wickets in a high-scoring game. So that would be up there as well, personally, as um, my individual and rightfully so to be honest yeah three for 74 I mean obviously in an ideal world maybe a few less boundaries as you mentioned Jack Taylor he's a very powerful batter isn't he and yeah a lot of bowlers have have come undone against him over the years but in terms of the wickets three massive wickets and a very very impressive debut campaign for someone so young because what people have to realise with spin bowling in particular it's not like being a young batter or a young seamer as a spinner, this takes time, and the vast majority of spin bowlers don't fully mature and don't fully develop their game until their late 20s. You know, you see a lot of bowlers peaking at 28 or 29 years old, and that's what makes it difficult in terms of young spinners who are 18, 19, 20, even 21 and 22 years of age, because you almost feel like there's this pressure to instantly succeed, because we're seeing it nowadays with the likes of Rian Ahmed and Rashid Khan. You do get these incredibly fast developers. But in those early stages of your career as a spinner, it's all about patience. It's all about learning game and most importantly, just enjoying it 
you've got to enjoy yourself out there as a spinner because it can get tough. And I just wanted to, to touch upon that in a bit more detail if I could, Yusuf. And actually, that game might be quite a good example because as a spin bowler, there will be a lot of occasions in your career where you're going to be under a lot of pressure because for the vast majority of batters, they might have seen off the seam, they might have seen off the new ball, they see a spinner warming up and they go, all of a sudden, I'm going to cash in. I'm going to hit a few fours, hit a few sixes, put them on the back foot. So in terms of those matches, where let's say the opponent has hit a few fours, a few sixes, maybe put you under a bit of pressure, how do you bounce back in the heat of battle and ensure that you emerge on top? So personally, I just try to stay relaxed, calm. I don't want to get too anxious about it. I'd be like, start thinking about too many different things because that's when it can go wrong. So I know, I'll know what I've done wrong. I'll know what I need to, I'll have different plans that I can go to. So then I'll just try to go to my different plans and hopefully something will happen. And then if not, work out with different fields, different variations, changing it up, get the batter that's on top of you, get him off, try get him off strike, bowl up the other one. So I just try to stay as calm as possible and not to panic because if I was to panic, I think my skill would drop and which would then make the situation worse. Well, it would and it's so important, isn't it, to maintain that even keel out on the cricket field because as a spin bowler, you will have these bad days, but you're also going to have fantastic days as well. You are an X factor as a spin bowler, whether that's as a finger spinner or indeed as a wrist spinner. So you've just got to back yourself, have that self-belief and just be confident in your ability to deliver when you need to. And in terms of the role of the captain, Yusuf, again, this is something which I always touch upon with regards to young spin bowlers. But how important do you think the backing of a captain is? As a young spinner yourself, you know, I mean, in that season, for example, it was Ben Geddes, wasn't he? He was leading the side in that and he did put out some very aggressive field placements. But in terms of the role of the captain, how important, how pivotal of a role do you think captaincy has in terms of succeeding as a young finger spinner? I'd say it's quite crucial to have the backing of your captain because that gives you that extra confidence, especially if you're not performing at that level that you want to and you're struggling on that certain day, but if you have the backing of your captain, that'll give you that extra confidence that you need to be able to perform at the level you you want to. So I think it's crucial to have a, a supportive captain who's willing to back you. It certainly is. And again, that's some good advice, isn't it, for any young captains out there or aspiring captains. You've got to back your spin bowlers. You know, they can make all the difference. They can be the difference between you winning and losing a match. You know, a quick fire two or three wickets from your wrist spinner or your finger spinner. And all of a sudden, the narrative of the game completely flips on its head. So for any young captains out there, please back your spin bowlers. It's something which we need to see in the recreational game and, of course, in the wider English game as well. Because at times, I don't think we do potentially reach our our highest potential when it comes to spin bowling. We need to back our spin bowlers a bit more. So that is quite an important lesson to take away from the podcast. And Yusuf, in terms of the art form itself, I know that obviously you're quite a, a late bloomer to the world of spin bowling, having only started it at the age of 14. But 
in terms of your favorite thing about being a spinner, what do you say is your particular favorite thing about this this discipline? Favorite thing about it would be the amount of overs you can bowl. So especially in longer formats of cricket, you don't have to worry about oh, you can only bowl twenty overs in the day because you don't want to get injured or anything. You can bowl from one end, and um, the fact you don't have to run in from thirty-yard circle obviously does help. But yeah, I would say having to being able to bowl for long periods of time uh, would be the factor. It, it does make a difference, doesn't it, compared to same bowling because it is a lot less strenuous on the body. And yeah, you mentioned those long run-ups and obviously just the sheer force which goes through your body. I think the the maths behind it is eight times your body weight goes through your front leg as a fast bowler, which is absolutely staggering to think of, to be honest, every single time that you bowl. Yeah, as a, as a spinner, whether you're a finger spinner or a wrist spinner, it's considerably less. So yeah, you can bowl a lot more frequently and yeah, you tend to get less injuries as well. And in terms of the, the more tougher aspects of the discipline itself, Yusuf, what do you say is the most difficult thing about being a finger spinner in particular? Because you do almost light up the eyes of the opposition, don't you? As soon as you come onto bowl, they think they can hit a few fours and sixes. So you might concede a few boundaries. And also as an off spinner in particular, you don't have the variation compared to a wrist spinner who can spin the ball both ways. So in terms of this particular art form, what do you think is the most difficult thing about being a finger spinner? Most difficult thing would be being able to uh, settle in because let's say the batters have seen off the new ball or the seamers, they've got through the tough patch. They see a spinner come on, the eyes light up, they're like, this is our chance to get on the front foot. And if you can't settle into your spell from ball one, you'll always find it hard. So naturally, for me personally, I love to win the first over or two because then I'm in the battle. Whereas if I'm on the back foot, it's harder to get back into the game. So the hardest thing for me would be to get into the battle straight away, win the first over or even the first two overs, build pressure, dot balls. But most importantly, patience is one of the most important things a spinner would need because sometimes you're up on wickets that are offering absolutely nothing. Sometimes you're on wickets that are offering quite a lot but you're, you're just beating the outside, outside edge, but you just can't nick him off. So you just got to be patient and land it in the same spot again and again. And eventually it will happen for you. And whereas I feel like if you were to rush and try too many different things, that's where it could go wrong. It certainly can. And it all comes back to that concept of overthinking, doesn't it? Because a lot of spinners do get into that trap. It's a case of, should I move my field about? Should I bring this man in? Should I put him out? Should I bowl this particular delivery? Am I doing this thing right? And I just wanted to ask about that, Yusuf. Do you ever overthink on the cricket field? Or do you maintain your your level-headedness out there? Because it is a very easy thing to get involved into, isn't it? I think a lot of people just in general life overthink little things and that can obviously spiral out of control at times. So do you ever overthink on the cricket field or is that something which doesn't creep into your game? Personally, it doesn't creep into my game. I try to avoid overthinking anything. 
because I think that has a negative effect on my personal game. Since a young age, I would say I haven't really overthought about anything that I'm doing on the cricket field. I just tend to do what I naturally do, enjoy myself, and I feel like that's the best way I get. That's the way I get the best out of me, to be honest. Well, it is, isn't it? It's all about maintaining your calmness, your composure, that level-headedness on the cricket field, because as soon as you do get into that vicious cycle of overthinking, your balance is not completely off, and all of a sudden, you're kind of second-guessing and and questioning yourself out on the pitch. So I'm glad to hear that, and yeah, it's a, a very, very good attribute to possess if you can control your game at this early stage of your career. And in terms of that next season then, just before we talk about the future and wrap up the episode, Yusuf, we've got to talk a little bit about 2023 because it is the season that's just gone. And even though you didn't play as many matches as 2022, you still did appear in the one-day cup, which obviously is a massive thing at this stage of your time at Surrey. So in terms of the 2023 season... How do you summarise, reflect upon and almost analyse your performances over the course of this past season? So uh, personally, it didn't go the way I would have wanted it to uh, with injuries and um, other stuff. But um, I would say it was a good learning curve, still young. Learned a lot to take into the winter of 2024 season. Um Played quite a few second eleven games. Still play, came up against good players that played in the oppositions. So still be able to learn. Had a good second eleven T Twenty campaign. I think they finished either top three, leading wicket takers. So I thought that was a good personal margin for myself. Um, but with the one day cup, played the first couple of games, and then the injury put me out for the rest of the season. But um, back now and hopefully onto a bigger and better 2024 season. Oh, fingers crossed, mate. Absolutely. And yes, is the the injury, is that fully healed now at this stage? Yeah, fully healed from the hamstring injury. Just fully back to training just before Christmas. So it was good, yeah. Oh, brilliant. That is wonderful to hear. So yeah, we should be seeing you in a Surrey shirt in the summer of 2024. Then that is obviously wonderful news. And in terms of that particular second eleven season, I did just want to touch upon this in a bit more detail because in terms of your performances, 16 wickets in 10 matches, that's an average of 18.43. You were Surrey's leading wicket-taker and also the fourth leading wicket-taker in the entire competition. So in terms of your role as a spin bowler now, Yusuf, what format do you think you're actually strongest in? Because you played red ball in the second eleven county championship Obviously, you've had a standout campaign in the T20s, and in terms of your professional career so far, you've played solely in the List A format. You've only played in the one-day cup. So in terms of yourself as a bowler, which format do you think is your strongest at this particular point of your career? At this point in my career, I would say it's um, my white ball. My white ball cricket bowling has come on quite a lot. It wasn't great when I first started. Didn't have the variations. Didn't know how to outthink batters. Um, but I think with the experience I've learned over the last couple of years, it's helped me become a better white ball bowler. And it showed in the T20 
T20 second eleven T20 campaign that went last went past last season. Um, to open the bowling and the power play to get a couple of overs, I thought did quite well. I was quite pleased with myself, and hopefully get a chance in the 2024 season, and uh, can hopefully go well in that too. Well, fingers crossed, and yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, to be honest? That's something which we see a lot now in modern cricket. It's spinners opening the bowling in the power play. Is that something which you, you're quite fond of, Yusuf, or do you prefer being that more traditional kind of first change, middle over operator? How do you view your your role in T20 cricket? No, I'm quite fond with opening the bowling. I tend to like being in the game straight away, so I feel like I'm ready. Um, I think the whole campaign went well, apart from maybe one game. I think where Adam Rossington took me on and hit me for a four and a six. But other than that, the rest of the campaign did quite well in the power play. And then even bowling outside of the power play, it's really good. But bowling in the power play for me is, I actually like it. I like to set the right tone for the team and um, and go from there. Well, that's really interesting to hear, to be honest, because a lot of spinners do prefer the middle overs, purely because I suppose there is a little bit less pressure. And I suppose if there's also been a few wickets taken, you can almost be the dagger, can't you, in a lot of teams and a lot of opposition batting lineups. So, yeah, that's that's a very interesting perspective to have. And it's a difficult thing to to master, isn't it, to be honest, power play bowling as a spinner, because we, we've mentioned it throughout today's podcast, but a lot of players love taking on spin bowlers. And in a power play, you don't have as much protection, do you? Obviously, you're only allowed two fielders outside of the 30-yard circle. So it does almost introduce an extra dynamic into your bowling. And in terms of that difference between bowling in the power play and bowling in the middle overs, Yusuf, how do you actually change your mentality and, of course, your field placement to suit each aspect of the game? Is the way in which you bowl in the power play quite different from the way in which you operate in those middle overs? Nah, just field placements in T20 cricket is crucial. So in power play, you are two fielders out. They're literally two most important men that are out there fielding. Because if you miss the line or length by literally a millimetre, you could pay the price for it, especially in the power play. Whereas if you're bowling outside the power play, you've got your five men out. Even if you were to miss where you were trying to bowl, they might hit you. You might still have protection out there as there's more people out. Whereas in the power play, if you were to do that, you would have to pay the price for it. So it's crucial to set your field in the power play for where you want to bowl. And being able to bowl to your field is really important. So if I was to want the batsmen to hit me mid on, long on to midwit, deep mid wicket, I would want to bowl into their pads. I wouldn't want to give them any width. Wouldn't want to give them any room to move uh, free their arms. I want to keep it tight. So it's just being specific and clear with what you want to do. It certainly is, and it comes back to clarity, doesn't it? In terms of your plans as a spin bowler, it's absolutely paramount out there on the cricket field. And yeah, that's really interesting, to be honest. I mean, uh, as as long-term listeners of the podcast will know, I'm an absolute spin badger. I can talk about it all day long. I think it's 
absolutely fascinating and yeah, that was a real good insight Yusuf so thank you from a personal perspective for going into that I found that incredibly incredibly fascinating and just before we do wrap up today's episode with that chat about the future and the upcoming summer of 2024 just one final team which we alluded to right at the start of the podcast but haven't actually spoken about since is of course the England under-19s because you've gone on to represent the under-19s in those youth ODIs and the youth tests against Sri Lanka. So in terms of that particular opportunity, when did you find out about your call-up to the under-19s? So it was when I was in the Royal London Cup in so two years ago now. You know, so it was the first my first campaign at professional cricket. Um Midway through the competition, got told that I would, I got selected for the um, test series against Sri Lanka. So we obviously couldn't play the first test because of the um, Royal London campaign that was going on. So as soon as that finished, myself and Tom Laws, we, were, we joined up with the test squad at Loughborough to then go and play at uh, Derbyshire County Ground. At the second round. So, yeah, that was quite good. Well, it certainly was. And, yeah, I imagine that would have been tremendously proud as well, wouldn't it? It would have been a very special moment to to represent the Lions at the under-19 level. And in terms of that call-up after receiving the news, who was the first person that you told? I think I was with my dad. Drive, uh, we were going, I think he was driving me because I couldn't drive at the time. So I think he was driving me to the training uh, session. And uh, I literally mentioned it's him, and he was just like, "It's literally just gone." He couldn't believe it because that season I made my debut, and then I went on to get selected for England under nineteen to make my test debut as well. So it was just a great summer for myself, and he was really proud. And then I went on to tell the rest of my family, and everyone was really chuffed to hear that, as they should be as well. I mean, it's it's a massive honour, isn't it? To be honest, to to be selected by the under-19s, and in recent years, an awful lot of that under-19 squads have gone on to achieve great things in county cricket. So, yeah, it's a, a very, very good thing to be part of, the England under-19s, and that was a very interesting series, actually, wasn't it, against Sri Lanka? I believe we, we lost the Test Series in the end, but I think we clean-swept them in the youth ODIs. I think it's 3-0, if I'm not mistaken. So, it was a very, very captivating series, and in terms of your experiences in the test match, I mean, what can you remember about that and stepping out onto the field and representing the under-19s for the first time? Well, it was great. It's a great feeling to get my test cap presented by John Abraham. Uh, it was a really special moment. And then to be selected to play in the test and then... Wasn't the best wicket to bowl on, flat as anything. Wasn't offering much. I think we made 500 or something and they did the same thing in the heat for a day and a half. Uh, ended up bowling over 30 overs. Came out with decent figures, I think three for 100. I'm not exactly sure what it was. But um, yeah, I was really pleased with the way I went out there and performed on a tough set, on a tough wicket. And then to get picked for the um, Ashes in the, the winter to travel to Australia, that was really good as well. 
it's first time going out to Australia, playing there, different conditions. Uh, so, yeah, it was a really, really good time with the 19s. Well, to be honest, it sounds like it. It, it really does. And in terms of your recall as well, Yusuf, pretty much spot on. To be honest, in terms of those figures, three for 104 from 36.1 overs on what was a very difficult surface. As you mentioned, an incredibly high scoring draw. Sri Lanka in the end scoring 542. And England over the course of two innings, basically racking up over 600 runs. So it was quite a a, a difficult surface to, to be a bowler on. But in terms of your time spent with the under-19s, what do you say has been the biggest lesson that you've learned? Because that's the entire point of youth cricket, isn't it? It's about learning those lessons and improving your game. What do you say has been your biggest takeaway from your time with the England under-19s? So I was at the, so I went away with Australia, to Australia with the 19s. Didn't play in the test uh, series. So I had to wait, obviously, for the one days because I was picked for both squads. So I didn't get a chance to actually play in the test matches. So it comes back to the same thing, being patient. I had to keep working on my own skill while the games were going on. Keep developing and uh, focusing on my own skill as well at the same time, trying to do as much as I could for the team. So it was um, a challenging time, but it was a really good time at the same time because I had to stay determined because I had a uh, white ball series coming up against Australia, even though I didn't get picked for it in in, the test. So just being patient has helped my... That has helped me move into the professional game as well. Patience, obviously... I've not had the chance I want, would have wanted with the in the professional game, but it comes down to the same thing: being patient, and my time will come hopefully one day. Well, it will, it will, Yusuf. It's it's as simple as that. I mentioned it beforehand, but with spinners, it's all about taking your time and just enjoying the process because eventually you'll get that proper breakthrough, and all of a sudden you'll look back on these days and be very thankful and and grateful for them because. You can learn an awful lot and learning about different conditions, learning about different opposition, learning about different surfaces just puts you in great stead for the future. And that leads me beautifully onto our concluding segment for today's episode, which is, of course, the future. 2024, we mentioned it right at the start of the podcast, but I think it's 86 or 87 days until the start of this brand new season, brand new opportunities, brand new milestones to be achieved. In terms of the summer of 2024, Yusuf, what are you hoping to achieve from both an individual and, of course, a team perspective? What are your hopes and aspirations heading into the summer of 2024 and, of course, the years beyond? So an individual uh, target would be to try break into the first team on a regular basis in all three formats, 50 overs, T20 and Red Bull. And then to get as much game time as possible, to be able to perform at the highest level. And then as a team, to obviously maintain winning the championship, make it three in a row and go one better in the T20. To hopefully win that as well. And um, same with the 50 overs. Just give a good showing of ourselves. Obviously, with the 100 at the same time, it's tough when we lose quite a lot of players. So, um, but yeah. Personally, just try breaking to the first team on a regular occasion 
and then as a team keep winning um, and hopefully make it through uh, through this year and continues for many years well Yusuf it goes without saying mate but obviously myself and everybody associated with the Counter Cricket Podcast are wishing yourself and the Surrey boys all the very best of luck heading into the summer of 2024 and of course the years beyond I mean it's been a tremendously successful era for the club hasn't it with those back-to-back championships being competitive in the T20 blast and you never know with the one-day cup as well because these couple of years trialing out the youngsters such as yourself it does stand you in good stead for the future because it's all about learning it's all about building up experience so you never know the one-day cup it could be another successful campaign heading into this summer as well only time will tell it's a funny competition but yeah it's definitely a very promising time down in south london and Obviously, for yourself, I imagine also a very exciting time of your career as well, you know, with the one day cup. And who knows, you could get some opportunities in the T20 side as well heading into this summer. So you just got to keep on plugging away, keep on doing well in the seconds. And yeah, those opportunities will undoubtedly come. But to be honest, Yusuf, I think that is a wonderful place to wrap up what's been a fascinating episode of the County Cricket Podcast. Just before we say our final goodbyes for the episode, do you have anything to plug or promote? Any social media channels, websites, businesses, anything like that? So I'm on Instagram, uh, Yusuf Majid underscore. Follow me on there. I post my um, cricket videos and just keep up to what I do on my Instagram page. And I thank you for having me on here. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. It really has. I mean, it's been a great conversation. Love talking about the early days at the likes of Slough and Berkshire. And then obviously that conversation about spin has been absolutely engrossing as well. So thank you for being a wonderful guest. And obviously always welcome back here on the Counter Cricket Podcast heading into the future. And folks, if you want to go give Yusuf a follow, you can find the link to his Instagram accounts in the podcast description below. So if you want to go and give him a follow, please feel free to do so in due course. But that is essentially it from us two here at the Counter Cricket Podcast for today's episode. To each and every single one of you wonderful listeners out there, thank you ever so much for tuning in. And as always, guys, we'll see you on the next one.